Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched How to Train Your Dragon 2, directed by Dean DeBlois and released in 2014. The plot of How to Train Your Dragon 2 goes as follows. When Hiccup and Toothless discover an ice cave that is home to hundreds of new wild dragons and the mysterious dragon rider, two friends find themselves at the centre of a battle to protect the peace. That's not the greatest description of the plot I could find, but it's the only one I could find, and it came from the studio, so, and, and I, I don't have time to write my own. I see. I think it would be worth noting that Hiccup is a human and Toothless is a dragon. That might be something worth noting, because when you just say, when Hiccup and Toothless, you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, well, if you Indeed, haven't seen it's the first a sequel one. to How to Train Your Dragon, which came out, oh, like 2010, I guess, mm. and which is about a boy... And his dragon. See, okay. Um, this movie I had a lot of problems with. Not least that I got bored in it. But it's really pretty. Like, really pretty. Both of the movies are really pretty. But this one felt like what they were saying wasn't matching up with their, their lip movements very well. Like, the people weren't as well animated as I've seen them in other movies. Oh. Which I thought was a bit weird. I don't know if that was just me, but that's yeah. what it felt like to and me. And it was mostly boys, so they didn't have any complications like having to animate women. <laughs> um, that was another problem that I had with this movie. Oh yeah, me too. Um, before I get to that, I just want to talk about like my like the technical mm. things that I just thought, and the storytelling was very odd. Like the act structure seemed really weird to me. We didn't get to see sort of the main like bad guy till really late in the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, the they introduce Hiccup's mum, and then she doesn't really do anything. Like she's this awesome dragon collector but she doesn't there's no like tension in the story when you think there's going to be tension they just sort of go everybody accepts her sex accepts everything back and like accepts her back and and then it's all about trying to get her to come back and be his wife again and be the mother again Mm. and you're like what that didn't make a lot of sense to me um astrid was barely in the movie she didn't get very much to do except be rescued um Like, and basically my biggest problem with the movie was this movie was basically just, yay, patriarchy. Yeah, it was like, firstly, I was, I was, I went into it assuming it was going to be bad because there was so little like pre-release anything. And I was like, not disappointed in that I enjoyed myself. I, I didn't have problems with pacing or anything. I enjoyed it. But what it did to the women after building up Astrid in the first movie and making her so awesome, they, oh my god, she just got left aside. She basically did nothing, and then right at the end, he does this thing where he's like, "Come here, you," and he just grabs her and kisses her. Oh my god, that made me angry. Like, no, no, that didn't make me so oh. angry as like the overall. Okay, so um, we have three talking roles for women in this, right? One of them is his mother, mm-hmm. who, as I've said doesn't really do anything um the second one is astrid who gets pushed aside and the third one is Roughnut. and Roughnut's whole storyline in this is constantly being hit on by two of the guys in the village and then they try to make that right by having her inappropriately like go after a guy who doesn't want her like what are you doing and that was awful and this is why I hate the Astrid kiss at the end so much. This movie has massive consent and boundaries issues. 
like everywhere. There's this poor girl who's being hit on by these guys who she clearly isn't interested in who don't respect her boundaries. And then so to make that right, they make her not respect some other guy's boundaries. Yeah. Like and and then of course there's the complete lack of consent in that kiss at the end. He's just he just grabs this girl and kisses her. Firstly, that's out of character. Hiccup is not like that. Hiccup would ask for consent. Hiccup would have would be a lot it, he he's acting like I think they've tried to make it look like as though he's alpha male and chief like, but it's just it's so far yeah. out it, of his character. He's the whole point is surely that he is a better kind of alpha male. It is worth noting that um, Astrid is his girlfriend. Um, yeah, I, like uh, that is worth noting because she I didn't, is okay. So I didn't actively. Uh, she's his girlfriend from the beginning, where they have that scene where they're sitting together and she's braiding his hair and kissing him. Oh, okay, like. They are and and at the beginning of the movie when um when Stoic says that's my future daughter in law yeah yeah no I got that I got all that I just they are definitely boyfriend and girlfriend they had all like, this time apart and there've been all this other stuff going it, was it like, just it was like a day I don't know it I it really bothered me the way he did that it just it was just very unhiccup like and yeah. even if she is his girlfriend the whole. The way he grabbed her like he was, she was his possession, I think that was what got to yeah. me. Like, it, she may be his girlfriend, but you need to show a bit more respect than that. You just grab someone like it and was, come here, you, like, this is I, this is my woman. Yeah. I'm the chief there and this is a, my woman. Like, that really bothered the hell out of me. There was a play fighting thing that they were doing before that, too, which is really problematic in general, but that's their whole, like, thing throughout the movie is them, like, play fighting and play teasing each other and stuff yeah. while flirting. Like, that was their dynamic in this movie. Mm. Um, I think the thing about this is How to Train Your Dragon is all about how Hiccup isn't like the other people in town. He doesn't want to fight. He isn't very Viking-like. He doesn't want to kill the dragons. And that's all a good thing. Mm-hmm. And that leads to everybody becoming better. Yep. This movie <laughs> was like... It's really important to be a good leader if you're a guy. And um, and the the thing about that where Kate Blanchett goes, um, Kate Blanchett, Val- Valka, his mother, goes, um, oh yeah, every group of dragons has its queen, but this is the king, the alpha male, the best of all the dragons. Oh. He's so super and exciting and big. We all live under his protection. Like it's so patriarchal. That's the whole oh, point of the movie. A- and Astrid actually says. She wants to be the chief. She clearly has the skills and is adept at it. She's got a lot of the really good leadership qualities already. And it's just dismissed of like, oh, well, no, he's he's the son of the male leader. Like, so he must inherit it. There's no sort of discussion of like, well, maybe, you know, the, the um, well, I can't remember the chief's name. The chief's son. Stoic. Stoic has a partner who is perhaps more capable of this. Maybe we could pass it on to her, or maybe there's just some other. Even if she's not his partner, or there's Valka a girl could have done it in the tri- well. Yeah, she Valka could have- was his she wife. She was already a tribal leader, right? In yeah. her own, which is the thing. She had to leave that bastard to go and run her own life. Like, really? No, that's not really. <laughs> no, it's not strictly true. But because she got that's away unfair. from that guy, she was actually able to be the leader of a tribe. Yeah, but she's a leader of a tribe of dragons. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that that's what that message was for that part of it at all. I think that was more about, like, the fact that she had this idea that nobody else shared and didn't have any way of proving it. And then she got taken by a dragon, right? <laughs> she got, yeah. like, she got taken by the dragon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I was more, uh, yeah, I've got off, off 
I got distracted there. I was mostly angry about Astrid. And I was angry for her. Because Stoic was really good about everything. Like, mm. I'm this. I'm I'm trying to attack like the message of this movie rather than the characters in it because the characters in it were actually very sweet. Like, it's all about how people can change and they don't have to be violent all the time. And that's what this was like. That's what the sort of Mm. the characters showed a lot of the time. Like, Stoic was wonderful. Stoic was a guy who, I mean, he never listened to his son, but he, that wasn't like, it was this kind of, he changed a whole lot. Um, Also, the way that Hiccup goes. (laughs) I have news. I have something really important to tell you. It's really important. It's massively important. I have this incredibly important thing to tell you. Stop moving because I have to tell you this thing. Stop talking because I have to tell you this thing. It's such an important thing. Wow, you're going to have to sit down for this thing I have to tell you. Without telling them the thing. Mm. And they're like pulling him around and like telling him to do other stuff. And I'm like, just say the thing. (laughs) They will listen if you say the thing. frustrated he does it like three times in this movie well it's part of the message you see uh when you're hiccup he's he's too concerned about boundaries he's too busy being like excuse me can i have your attention please rather than just saying blah and getting their attention so he's like he's he's respecting their boundaries and so that's the whole message of the movie if you don't respect boundaries you get to be the boss it kind of is and the parallel between the alpha male thing and what was going on with hiccup was really disturbing the fact that Toothless becomes the alpha male of the dragons really irritated me because I love Toothless. And easily the best part of these movies is the relationship between Hiccup and Toothless, mm-hmm. um, which is wonderful. And God, it just breaks your heart when he, um, when like Toothless gets taken over by the alpha male. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he kills Stoic. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Um, and, <laughs> and then um, Hiccup pushes him away and you're just like, I know, right? Like, that was why I was sad. Stoic dying, I was like, okay. Um, and then the the, mm. the poor sad dragon, I was like, no, that's so mean. And also, then um, Carl Drago just rides Toothless like uh, it's nothing when Hiccup spent the whole first movie trying to learn how to ride H- Toothless properly. <laughs> but, you know, there's Carl Drogo on his back like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That That's his name, right? Um, <laughs> it's... it's... It's a dreadlocked, mm. not black guy, voiced by a black guy. Drago. Yeah, it is. Well, that's... No, Dra- Drago. That's yeah, it. That's... Well, I mean, we haven't even got to the problematic racial issues. We were too busy worrying about the problematic gender issues. And this is the funny thing is, though, I actually quite enjoyed myself while I was watching it. So it's one of those pieces of entertainment where I had a reasonably good time watching it. But all I want to talk about, and I know you want to talk about, are just the massive, massive issues it has with these things. The, the the fact that it is literally about, look how great patriarchy is, really pissed me off. And it's this, it was that benevolent idea of patriarchy that's even more disturbing where it's like, oh, but men are good leaders and it takes a strong man to be a leader and it takes a good man who is part his mother and part his father but still a man to be a leader. And the alpha males are the leaders. Men, 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 men. Completely undoes the message of the first one, which you which you were talking about before, which is that Hiccup's you know, not an alpha male. He's different. He's gentle. He's willing to listen. He's conciliatory. He's collaborative. He's got a lot of those feminine in, in I'm using air quotes because, you know, but traditionally feminine qualities. And that's what makes like that's what makes him such an and easy to um uh, relate to character, but it's also what improves everyone's life when they start to listen to some of these 
is listen to him. And, and Astrid has a lot of traditionally masculine qualities, mm. and that's how they balance each other in the first movie. That was completely done away with here. All of the women in this movie get saved by men. Every single one of them. Ruff not get saved by the two guys who were inappropriately harassing her through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, Astrid gets saved by the guy who started out being a bad guy and turned into a good guy who was voiced by Kit Harrington. Mm -hmm. um, and you know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, he, and, he, um, he, he, <laughs> the one who was being inappropriately hit on by Roughnut yes. all the time. Yeah. Um, and Valka was saved by Stoic, as if Valka can't save herself, mm -hmm. which she's been doing for how many years? Like, as soon as Stoic comes back, oh, she has to be saved by the man. Um, oh. That's And then, like, oh, can we also talk about, I know this was in the first movie, and I know it's a carryover, and I know I should stop obsessing over it, but why are the children American while the parents are Scottish? <laughs> well, I don't actually know. Kate Blanchett came from somewhere in the middle of the, um, whatever that Arctic Sea is, somewhere. She's on, I think she lives on an island somewhere between Scotland and Scandinavia because sometimes she's Scandinavian and sometimes <laughs> she's Scottish and sometimes she's in, like, more generic English. Yeah. Maybe you should have actually got a Scottish actress. Yeah, I know. Like, the other weird thing was I knew it was Kate Blanchett as soon as she started talking. Which I don't usually do that with voices. Yes, and as yes, soon as she thing. started talking, I was like, oh, it's Kate Blanchett. Uh, yeah, so, but I, I don't know. That was a, it's so problematic. And I didn't really enjoy it when I watched it. There were several scenes that I thought were boring. Like, I was like, when are we going to get to the plot a lot of the time? Mm. If I could just switch off my brain and look at it, I was like, oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> and the music is really good. Mm. So if there wasn't any plot or dialogue, I probably would have liked it better. Or if there wasn't that stupid third act. Like, I was ho really hoping that Valka was going to be awesome and do awesome things. But And now I'm going to quote from a, a really fabulous essay I read online that I want to refer to, um, and I've looked it up so I don't know where it's from, from The Dissolve by Tasha Robinson. And it's about how Valka is one of those strong female characters in capital letters who doesn't really do anything. She so she comes in to – yeah. So she, anyway, so essentially her point is, her argument is that Valka comes in and her whole role is to basically get everybody to the third act. Yeah. And she so you, she comes in and she could be awesome and you think she's going to be. And then she ends up having to get rescued and just be more serv in service of Hiccup Story. That's the, that's the article that, um, as much as I'm not a big fan of Pacific Rim, that's the article that completely misrepresents at Pacific Rim. Oh, okay. Because yep. she says that Raleigh knocks out Marco to protect her at one point and yep, she doesn't get to fight. And that's not true at all. No. Like, that that was – I think she unfairly misre misrepresents a few movies in that article. She misrepresents to Toriel as well from um, yeah. The Hobbit. But she's spot on on Valka and um, Wildstyle from the Lego movie. Yeah. I had problems with both of those. But Toriel, I think her problem was mostly the love story thing. Like, I think as a character, she's pretty fantastic. Mm. Um, and and I didn't think that was fair about Marco Mori either. That's not no. true. I, yeah, and, and I agree And she is that. definitely a major part of the last fight and she drives a lot of that. Yeah. That, well, I just wanted um, to cite action. my source because I'm not actually, yeah. it's not original article, original thought. And I'm, I'll link this article in the show notes because yeah. it's very, it's very spot on in this movie in terms of how the mother is hard done by. Yeah. I just think I don't like it when, when, Articles misrepresent things mm. in order to prove their point. No, yeah, you're because right. Because that doesn't really help anybody, no. I think. Um, and to 
to pick out movies where that doesn't really happen. Although I think she has a picture of um, of Katie Sackhoff in Riddick in there. Oh, she and talks you about know that one as how well. I feel about that. Yeah, movie. She, she talks about that one. I haven't seen Riddick, and but it seems to me that t- Katie Sackhoff does exactly the same. Job. No, Katie Sackhoff's is worse, much, much worse, mm. because that movie has uh, on screen five women. Three of them are naked in bed with Riddick in a shot. One of them is in it for five minutes. Um, she's in it long enough to strongly imply that she was raped several times before she gets murdered. The third one is then Katie Sackhoff, who's a lesbian, whose entire role is to get threatened with rape, act tough, and then at the end of the movie go... Vin Diesel get in my pants. That's how th- that movie is yeah, so, shockingly bad. Yeah, so she um yeah, she does talk about that one in there. But yeah, it, yeah, so she's not spot on everything, but on a wild style and Valka, I think she's good and I want to link to it cuz it's just Yeah, I, I had problems with Wild Style in Lego Movie. Yeah, um, which we we talked about cuz the thing that bothered me the most was the Astrid stuff when I was watching it. I was so mad about that. Mm. And when I got out, I was really mad about how this wonderful character had just been marginalized and pushed aside yeah and she's the the leader of the kids for a really long time and yet she doesn't get to do much except go my boyfriend's special and he's gonna beat you up she's the captain america of their little band of avengers like she's the one who keeps the group together and she's their um battle tactician and their strategic yeah she's their leader like ugh. yeah um yeah i i just that was really upsetting hiccup is the best agent Coulson. rough nut is is so masculine that like it, it's almost like she's so masculine that they felt like they had to feminize her by diminishing her in that purely sexualized role. Well, yeah, they had. Well, they were also doing that thing where they, you know, how there's that trope, and I don't know what it's called, where like fat or butch women are shown to be overly, or like just non-conforming women are the shown Melissa to be McCarthy and bridesmaids trope. Yeah, over horny, overly horny. Like that was what they were doing to her. And she wasn't. They, she, they didn't make her fat. They made her masculine looking. But it's, it's the same thing. It's it's the the high school girl with braces and who's really horny kind of trope as well. The, it's done there as well, and it's gross and horrible. And that's what they were doing too. That's what was yeah. in um. What what was the um? Who framed Roger Rabbit had that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it, yeah, it's a nasty little trope, and it's a nasty little thing to have. And I I think it upset me more because I I really enjoyed How to Train Your Dragon. And I thought the the message was so sweet in that. And there's so many sweet things in it. I mean, Toothless is just gorgeous. And, like, this concept of, of um, like, the dragons as a parallel for humans kind of thing is really, really interesting. Um, and they can do so much with it. And the bonds between the humans and the dragons are so sweet. Um, and all of that sort of stuff is so great, right? And you get, like, there's some neat, fun little supporting characters um and they just do nothing with it like i i don't understand what they were doing with this movie and i know it took it in an interesting like it at least it didn't sort of just do the same thing again it did something quite different but the basic thrust of this movie is everybody support the patriarchy the patriarchy is great basically yeah. like it, it's not about growing into responsibility like say the lion king was Mm, you or, know, or perhaps like Hiccup learning to be a different kind of leader than his dad, or something like that. No, it's in, yeah, exactly. And then the, mm. at the end of the movie, he basically tells us what the message of the movie was. And I was like, that's not the message of the movie. When he goes, "Oh, we have something that's stronger than anybody who's trying to beat us, and we can fight them." 
And I was like, "What? how is that the message of the movie? That wasn't the message of the movie at all. Like, where are you getting that from? Mm. Yeah, uh, the first movie was really lovely. Like, it gave – I think it was a good – it was a really good kids' movie in that it gave um, little boys who aren't conforming something to hold on to because you have a hero who is like got feminine qualities and has a disability at the end and all this kind of stuff. It was such a good little – package of a movie and a lovely piece of storytelling plus it looked awesome and they were doing awesome stuff like flying around on dragons yeah so it's a really non-problematic movie to show your kids right because it shows boys and girls having qualities that are not traditional to either to their sex of birth like i just it was a great little movie it was good fun (sighs) yeah and i just mm. i didn't get that sense of fun very much either in this one, no. God, no. I, the, I I was anxious for some of it. Um, like the some of the toothless stuff made me anxious. Um, yeah, it was upsetting. But like, also, I I felt like I think a lot of the stuff sort of when he's meeting his mother was kind of boring. Like the non-visual stuff. I mean, the visual stuff was pretty, where they were floating up in the air and all that sort of stuff. But it was kind of slow moving that bit, and they were trying to split that with the other guys on the pirate ships, but it wasn't that wasn't really grabbing me either. And Carl Drogo was just not a very good bad guy. Like whenever he would reason away what he was doing, like when he had his little monologue, his his evil villain monologue, I was like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like mm. they all know what it's like to be to be attacked by dragons. You're not alone in this. Also his name means dragon. Um <laughs> like what were they thinking? Um the the whole thing, like <laughs> making him a, the only black person in the thing and giving him dreadlocks. But he black. No, but he was coded as black. It was really weird. Yeah, but he was coded as black, right? And he was also the only, everyone else you see is white. And so he's coded as black So and voiced by a black actor. So there's that whole aspect of the way he's really, like, savage. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that, like, he's like, oh, I saw my village burned down by dragons and my arm was taken by a dragon. And, you know, you've got Hiccup there whose leg was taken by a dragon talking to him. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, hello. Um, Like, they all know what this is like. The point of it is that they've overcome this because they – the whole point of the first one was that they were fighting the dragons and the dragons were fighting them and they were both – it was just basically like a war where they were both Mm -hmm. on each side but both of them were – just trying to protect themselves. Yeah. You know, like that was kind of the issue with it. Um, and yeah, that was, it was just so dumb. It was so dumb <laughs> coming from a, the first one was so not dumb. Mm. Also the myth of the alpha male is like, this isn't how alpha males work. <laughs> they don't hypnotize people. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> the end of the movie, right? There's a whole thing where all the dragons in the in um, Burke come out of the houses because they're all hypnotized by the alpha male. They all just come out of the houses. Um, and then at the end, um, um, Hiccup to Toothless is like, do you trust me? Block him out. And he puts a blindfold on him. And I'm like, none of them made eye contact <laughs> with the alpha male. They were just sort of vaguely in its presence. And they were like, whoop, skinny, I, um, um. Eyeballs, time to go. What are they called? <laughs> Irises, time yeah. to go. Like, <laughs> what? <There's>, what? <laughs> yeah, magic dragon food travels through the eyes. <laughs> 
Yes, apparently. Oh, but Wait, he, but I, that's not how hypnosis works. Hypnosis works through the ears. Like, it hypnosis he, works through relaxation. He, like, moves forward and, like, blocks Toothless's little ears when they're right on top of the yeah. alpha male. And I'm like, but surely it doesn't work that way. We've seen that it doesn't well, work that way. Because it's clear that... And, the, like, and also, <sighs> it's not like the alpha male actually, like... You know, in, even in the first fight, he comes over and specifically targets Toothless mm. with this. And Toothless is, like, the only one that can sort of fight it off. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not like he went and specifically targeted every other dragon. They were just sort of in its presence. Well, and I, then they went, whoop, it skinny seems like irises, time to go. Com- Toothless is, like, conveniently hypnotized. Like, he's hypnotized when it's important for him to kill somebody, important to hiccup for character development. But then when hiccup needs him, he's conveniently like, I don't know. Thank God it wasn't his mother who was fridged, Yeah, though. it was lucky it was his dad who was fridged. I genuinely thought that she was going to die. Mm, me too. Big time. Um, But then it would have been nice if she did something after But you know died. what, though? This is the thing, though. Because they've gone, we have to write a strong female character. We also can't. They they also know what fridging is, and they're like, oh, we can't fridge her. Yeah. Oh, so let's fridge the dad instead, <laughs> or, or let's yeah. have her move out of the way anyway. Would not do anything for the whole third act, just yeah. to be like a new person to introduce. Yeah, and then they did. I mean, the 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 saving of all the girls really bothered me. Mm. Really bothered me. By the time Ruff not got saved by the two dudes who were like endlessly harassing her, I was like, oh my god, yeah. Just make it stop. Yep. The people who don't respect boundaries win in this world. <sighs> yes. That's basically Which, it. Yes. Okay. Might it's, have been true by in a pickup Viking artist, times. right? Like, <laughs> the less boundaries you respect, the better it is. Yeah, but it must be. Like, really. How did the people who made the first one make this movie? This I is like know. the an- antith- antithesis. antithesis of the first movie. Mm. Right? Like, what were they thinking? It makes me so annoyed. And I I really do think that there were problems with the story and stuff as well. Yeah, it wasn't um, nearly as good as the first one in terms of storytelling. But, like, it's so gorgeous. And Hiccup and Toothless is so great. Mm. And there's all this really great stuff going on in the background of all the talking scenes. Like, they know we're going to be bored by the talking. <laughs> so they have, seriously, because so they have the dragons, like, constantly frolicking or playing or doing something really interesting in the background of every scene. You, yes, you've reminded me. Because when you were talking about how you got bored, I'm wondering, like, how a kid goes with this movie. Because the first one... I think you could quite safely take your primary school age kid or even younger along to this one and they'd be fine with it. But this one, like, they've made the characters – they're supposed to be five years older. I think it's five years. They're 20 the now. One. So they're 20. Hiccup's 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like young adults, but it's still – they're still walking the line of being a kid's movie. But I would not be nearly as comfortable taking my kids to this. But also, you talk about getting bored. I, if you got bored, like an eight-year-old's gonna definitely yeah. going to get bored in this. Um, and I think some of the kids that were in the cinema with me did get bored. <laughs> um, yeah. There was one of them. What was it? I wish I could remember what one of them yelled out at, near the beginning of the movie. It was so adorable and so funny. Like when we went to see the Lego movie and the kid goes, the leap of faith out of no, nowhere. No, that was Maleficent. Maleficent. That's right. <laughs> that was so it cute. It was the leap of faith. And you're like, what are you what about? I know. It was so cute. Um, one of the kids in this movie yelled something like that out too, and I can't remember what it was, but it was really funny. I can't remember. My, it's, it's been a week since I saw it, so I can't remember what any of the kids – we definitely had kids in our screening though because um, we went in the afternoon. But I don't remember any of them yelling anything out. But I just think 
Like, I think they would find all that talking stuff in the middle boring, which is probably why they've done all the dragons fighting and frolicking and doing <laughs> stuff in the background to keep the kids amused because they would really like that stuff. Plus, there's that bit about how the kids don't, the baby dragons don't listen to everybody. They're the kid dragons. They don't listen and to everybody. That and saves one of everybody. Them says, and one of them says, just like us. And I'm like, you guys are 20 now. Like in Viking time, you're like halfway through your life. Yeah, you'd be like 20-year-old Vikings. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like... They'd have like three kids by now and be running stuff and yeah, and they're all acting like they're still about fifteen. Mm. Very odd. Yeah, like Very modern weird. day twenty year olds. Although that that's probably the only set, like nice message of the whole thing is that the baby dragons are that they haven't been um socialized yet, so they they don't fall prey to anyone trying to boss them around. I think that's great. Yeah, that <laughs> like was go really kids. Cute. Um, and yeah, I love how I mean. They put so much effort into this world and they don't really show it in this movie. Like they put so much effort into what the different dragons do in the first one and, and mm. like world building stuff. All and this one kinds. they just sort of yeah. went, you guys already know that stuff. Mm. And we don't. We don't already know that stuff. The primary conflict wasn't introduced at the start of the movie at all. Um, there's no overarching story. Um, like I said, the pacing is off. There's some serious second act issues, um, like and it, it third relies, act issues. It relies oh. on set pieces mm. too much, I think. Yeah, like pretty like flying and pretty flying. The pretty flying scenes, and the, the big dragon coming up out of the water and you know blowing up everybody up in the air and stoic um, and Valka dancing, getting back together, kind of thing. I really, really liked that scene. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I, but it's a I, set I had piece. a lot of problems with the movie, but God, I loved that scene. That scene was adorable. Like, I don't usually like romantic scenes in movies at all. And I thought that scene was just the. Because Stoic is so sweet in this movie. Stoic respects her boundaries, too. He really does. He like, respects her. He, he, like, he doesn't force her into anything. He has he no expectations her. that she will come back either. And she, she faked her death. Like, yeah, this wasn't like some sort of innocent act. She genuinely expects him to be angry and he has a right to be, but he forgives her and he like, um, yeah, he respects her boundaries. He asks her to come back rather than forcing her to come back. You're sort of like, why didn't you apply all of these things to your son over the last 20 years? But whatever. Um, yeah, well, because and because Hiccup, Hiccup's all running around. Mom, mom, you have to come back. You have to come back. And his dad is like, no, son, it's she's got a life here. Yeah, you know? it's. it's yeah. And that scene was so cute. Yeah. It really was. With him singing to her was Whoa. adorable. <laughs> um and it was so it was so be- beautifully shot and like yeah. I re- and the music was really great and it was so like vikingy, mm. you know, like the music and the way they danced and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was like I I like the stuff where they acknowledge its cultural roots. Mm. Like that's really fun stuff. Yeah. And I don't think they do enough of it. They did so much of that in the first one. All of the stuff that I liked in the first one was absent here. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of tired of like talking about it now. Yeah, I'm no, that's so... fine. We're, we're at 30 minutes. Let's oh, wrap good. it up. I'm just so frustrated with it. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff we haven't talked about. Well, no. But I just don't know how to like no, say I... anything other than how disappointed I was. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, are you giving it a mark? I, I want to drop it now. I'm going to give it two stars. I was, yeah, I want to. I'm dropping mine too, but I'm only dropping it to three. So, <laughs> and I, I mine like was two and a half because I was like, well, I'll give it one star for being pretty and one star for toothless and hiccup and half a star for the music. But now I'm like, no, I just, I think it'll just be two. I'm more annoyed about it than I thought I was. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
I don't know. See, on Netflix, you would give something three stars if it was it's okay, and that's where I am at. I'm out with this. I'm at it's okay, which could be two and a half. I See, think, for me, for three us, is like I think like it has to be good average, and two and a half is like bad average, or like average average. Yeah, no, it's good average. I'm I'm sticking with good average. Yeah. So three for me, two for you. That's how to train your dragon number two. Thanks very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. <laughs> Yay! How to train your dragon to do number twos. All right. Anyway. Uh, how to train your dragon to do number twos. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening to the Silver Screen Queens. Um, the unmade sequel. If, <laughs> how to if train you, your dragon to do number ones and then the sequel, how to train your dragon to do number twos. If you want to send how us. How to body train your dragon. whole <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> movie of just. <laughs> this is the toilet. Stop going on the roof. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so if you want to tell us about how you might potty train a dragon, you can find us on Twitter at screen underscore queens. You can come find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash silverscreenqueens. You can find us on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com or I don't know. Oh, right. On our website where you can find the show notes, including the article that I referenced, silverscreenqueens.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.